Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Hour without Jordan Parhar. As you probably know, Jordan is busy at school studying for his bullying degree, and he's taking his bullying exams at the moment. Um, but we do have the target of his bullying here with us. It's Alex Kidwell. Alex, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, Jordan's going to have a hard time finding a place to teach if we keep <laughs> up this kind of talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, well. That's where you get the bullying, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, bullies, bullies never win. It's true. Well, you no, know, they don't because uh, Brent got called out in the last podcast for bullying Arissa a little too much. Um, how are you doing, Brent? Taryn, I will not be your boy toy. You will be my boy toy. Okay. Oh yes, I am the head of asshole. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, toy, the boy. That that was all over Twitter. The head of asshole thing. It's. Uh, <laughs> It's it's pretty good, I think. Yeah. <laughs> he is Pepe Le Pew. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we are live on RobHasAWebsite.com. Uh, we have the chat room open. Uh, you can you can chat in there. You can send questions to me on Twitter at ArmstrongTaren, uh, and we will try to answer them on the show. Uh, we are here to talk about the latest episode of Big Brother Canada 5. It was a very exciting episode with lots of filler and birthday parties. Um, and Mike Bell. Can you believe Mike Bell was here, Alex? Mike Bell, yeah. Yeah, guy. The guy with the voice. The guy. There he it was is. So great. It was it was on our podcast with Kevin Martin that we talked about Mike Bell for the first time. And then we saw Kevin talking about Mike Bell on the show. That was really cool to me. Yeah, foreshadowing. He's like, oh, Mike Bell competition. Maybe that's Mike Bell. <laughs> All I saw excited. was Mike Bell and I went, who dis? <laughs> <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> um all right so he does a good previously oh yeah in this episode we see the uh the fallout of nominating dylan and emily uh how what what how are they feeling at this moment in the episode brent at this moment they're feeling really terrible and i think it's boy they're talk about playing big brother backwards i mean like wait until the nominations are in and then go talk to the edge <laughs> yeah. you know like that's brilliant gameplay dylan he didn't want to feel like a punk by going up to them making himself a bigger target and then once the nominations are in it oh shocker of the century it's them what do you know then he's like well uh yeah i'll go talk to you and why, why did you do this man this is so unoriginal perfect to be insulting the head of household <laughs> the guy who could potentially save you with a veto plan but no dylan doesn't think that way he's just and, and their, their strategy is like oh let's tell him who he needs to replace them with when they win the veto <laughs> like Yes. You need to nominate Jackie. And I've what? never seen, I've never, ever, ever seen in Big Brother where people say, you know, I'm going to win this veto, right? Like, I'm coming, I'm coming hard for this veto. Like, it's a track competition or something. <laughs> Give me a break. Oh, how quickly you forget Jeremy Maguire, Brent. <laughs> that guy was always promising. That's true, yeah. Guard your meat because I'm coming to eat. <laughs> and the wine. He, they need to guard the wine, clearly. Yeah, because he'll, <sighs> he'll drink the F out of it. All by himself, and it's good. Yeah, enjoy it. So, uh, so we get to this Mike Bell veto competition. We have Kevin, Karen, 
and um, and Dre were the uh, additional competitors. And uh, obviously, Mike Bell, the legend of Big Brother Canada, uh, the the greatest of all time that he needs to be playing this game because he would obviously dominate. Um, and he is hosting this competition. It's a you have to match the furniture kind of competition um, or whatever it is uh, <laughs> to win it. Yeah, yeah. These ones. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about these this this competition, Alex? Uh, did you did you enjoy this one? Eh, I mean, you know, I you know me. I mean, I don't really watch this for the competitions as much as a lot of people, but. As far as they go, I mean, I think it's fine. I think it's good to have like a mix of kinds of things. You know, it's not, it's good that not everything is hanging on a wall or just, you know, doing the exact same kind of thing. So you, you need to mix some, mix up and get some memory in there. And that's what they did this time. This I'm okay terrible. with how they go about doing it, I guess, because there's only so many ways. I couldn't disagree with you more. Everything about this competition felt off to me because it was so awkward. I couldn't tell what was what. They didn't show all of the pictures up on the wall, so you didn't know what they were trying to match. You couldn't see what they were trying to match on the floor. Then he said something about the showroom, and I'm like, well, where is the showroom? Like, is the showroom, like, is that closer? Like, is that not up on the thing? I didn't. Visually, it was a miss. Like, I gave Big Brother Canada props because of that uh, that white Oreo competition they had earlier that was so visually appealing. You could see everything that was happening. The camera work was great. This one, it was like they were out to lunch and somebody else was doing it. I couldn't tell what was going on. I, I, I mean, could you see anything in this competition whatsoever? I, no, I, I mean, you couldn't play along. You definitely yeah. couldn't play along. It, it, it didn't help that like my stream was messing up at around this competition. But like I, when I started to describe the veto competition, I was like, wait a minute, I don't even actually know exactly what happened in this competition because it was so hard to follow. You know what? If the brick's willing to put up money, that's a good competition as far as I'm concerned. That's All right, uh, so. we need more of that. We need more people putting up money for vetoes and stuff because uh, incentivize. I will say that as a game show lover of the 1980s, I was all about the bonus round. So that was good. I was living for that. Although, again, another miss. You couldn't see shit. Like, he was flipping up these things. And, like, he even held up the two winning cushions at the end. And one of them, you couldn't even see if there was anything on it. It They they all looked the same. Yes! Mike Bell had to be like, no, you found it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you he was trying to match cushions at first. And then I realized, like, oh, no, he's just trying to find the you win cushion. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, forward. <laughs> it is in this competition that, that Dylan informs us he has a mind. He's strategic. And he's won some chess championships. What they don't hey, know. Well, hey, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't expect him to try to strike a deal. That was pretty, uh, that was something. And I like that they left that in. I really, because oh, yeah. they didn't have to leave that in. There were a lot of things that they yada yada through this episode, but that wasn't one of them. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that was, that was crazy. Like who, who thinks about like, like Dylan thinks in those terms of like, if I offer him half of the prize, $2,500, then it's going to work like a mafia boss. Like, like Kevin is going to really be bribed by this right now when his life is on the line, his allies' lives are, lives are on the line. Like who is actually going to buy this? And, and like, okay, the thing, the worst part for me was like, if you're going to bribe somebody to throw the veto, and especially if you're somebody that's like, I have $100,000 shoes at home. I don't need this money. Why are you only offering him half the price? Yes, right? It's $5,000. You're going like, to be a cheapskate and go from $2,500? Like, that's the thing, though. Taryn, everything yeah. about Dylan is totally transactional. That's how he, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm throwing shade at him, but I sort of admire this about him in a, in a way. Like, he never considered, from Kevin's point of view, that Kevin could be in danger if Kevin threw the veto to Dylan. Because Kevin is sleeping with William. So obviously, since they 
they are, you know, smacking spit back and forth. There's never a possibility that Kevin or any one of his allies could be on the block. Of course, we know that that's not true. Dylan is a complete idiot. He's just like, he, he thinks of things in very linear fashion. Like if you're with somebody, obviously they're going to do what you want. And that's not how Big Brother works. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it's just it's nuts to me that, that he thought that would work. And it, it goes to speak to like his whole attitude this week with, you know, Kevin winning the veto and him being pissed that that he's not going to use it. And I mean, that's that's what we ultimately will get to the end of this competition. But one thing I did want to point out, I love that Kevin went up against Karen. I just felt like mm-hmm. that had to happen. That was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> love and, the Karen. And, team. <laughs> and yes, ultimately, Kevin wins this veto. Uh, Dylan and Emily are very upset with him. Uh, they, Dylan immediately tries to grab him and say, you're going to use the veto on me, right? Uh, and <laughs> Kevin's like, uh, I, I don't know. I got to talk to some people. He's like, be honest. I also like how him. they showed, they showed uh, Kevin wishing Karen luck and not Karen. Like, good <laughs> yeah. luck, Karen. Screw you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you love that relationship. We need oh, a Kevin-Karen final two. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> well okay so i did i pulled some things karen said uh I'll, I'll read some of them now because i think they're appropriate uh kevin asked karen uh when's your birthday and she says i'm not telling you i don't know you <laughs> <laughs> and and also at one point netta asks karen uh gosling or reynolds and uh karen says anybody but kevin <laughs> <laughs> i know right Oh my God, she's great. I love her. <laughs> so ridiculous. She's so great, though. Oh my God, she's so great. She makes the feed so fun. Like, you know, behind Aika and Netta, like, I really love me some Karen. She's so fun. And I, I really have a feeling she's going to be around to the end. She's I, very I, passive aggressive yeah. to everyone. She's aggressive. Yes. She's mostly aggressive to Kevin. Uh, she's passive aggressive to Kevin and super aggressive to Kevin. But it's like, especially with Kevin, even when Kevin was like, Kevin's like telling stories and stuff. And Karen's just like, Oh, you, um, you really like, you must've seen that movie a lot of times or, you know, it's just like always got like, even when other people are like, you know, enjoying whatever Kevin's doing, she's like, got, got a way of saying a thing that, uh, you know, really emphasizes that her distaste for Kevin. By the way, I just want to say something really quickly because I saw some people tweeting about this and I also agree with them because I was going to tweet something and then I saw somebody else did. I love Kevin, but I really hate the way he claps, you know, like, like, I hope that like that you guys can see me like nobody else talk for a second. He claps like this, like, like, he claps, <laughs> it's like a machine gun. It's like, it's like really, and his, and his hands are really tight together. It's like this, you know, it just drives me to hell. I can't stand it. Stop it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm totally He's amped up. Notice I, that next time. <laughs> Yes, somebody make a gif of that. <laughs> uh, get the endorphins going in there. So he's really cool. Let's go. I know, right? <laughs> like a puppy dog. <laughs> um, so uh, next up, we see this this birthday party, uh, which Karen also has some comments about. Uh, she's not a fan of the weepiness. Uh, she says, uh, suck it up, crybabies. Um, <laughs> Uh, which which is in reference to Bruno. He gets the card from his, uh, from his children. Uh, how did you feel about this, Prince? <laughs> Like, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to throw shade on him. Like, I, you know, I don't have any kids and I'll never have kids because I choose not to. I know I know who I am. I'm a selfish person and I would make a terrible father. So I choose not to have kids, but he has chosen to have kids and he obviously loves them and he's a great dad. So the minute he, I mean, I knew it was going to happen. Like the fact that they left him for last. And by the way, the music 
the music chords changed when they got to yeah. Bruno as well. Like for yeah. Cindy and Dre, it was just like, whatever. They got to Bruno is like some soft chords music with piano. It's like, oh, you know what's coming. And then he, I know, right? And then he opens it up and he's like, oh my God, oh my God. You know, like, stop. But they've been in a house for what, like four or five weeks, whatever. He hasn't won HOH, so he hasn't seen anybody. Fine. Well, well, I love the the chord change again, like the music change again when it cut when it starts to like like it gets to like the the like do 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 like goofy music, and you're like, what's what's gonna happen? Like is somebody gonna do something weird, and then it just cuts to Karen complaining about them all. <laughs> <laughs> you love Karen, I love it. You you share my fascination with Karen. <laughs> I I like okay, I like Karen in small doses and okay. and like in quotes. <laughs> all right. At times she does remind me of like how my grandmother would be if she had ever like played Big Brother where it's like, man, I wish I could keep up with these competitions. It's just like always making comments to no one, just like out into space about like just lamenting her role as the oldest person in the house by 20 years. And I love the fact that during the veto competition, they were showing Kevin and they were showing Karen and the music for Kevin was like, boom, 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 boom. And the, and the music for Karen was like, dum, to dum, to dum. Like she's really <laughs> yeah. moving slow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So, uh, a lot of this episode is focused around uh, Dylan and Emily, as as I guess is understandable. But there's so much happening, and I do feel like we missed out on a lot of Ika. Um, I mean, I guess every episode we're going to miss out on a lot, of, a lot of Ika stuff if she's not the star of the episode. Um, but we do go into this next segment where um, we find out about this this plan to, or they come up with this plan to secretly try to backdoor Bruno by tricking Kevin into using the veto. Uh, Alex, can you tell us how this went down on the feeds? Yeah, so I'm sure, like, wasn't it Karen who was originally talking about this? It was definitely like an idea they were floating around for a while. But, you know, yeah, ultimately it's uh, it's Ica that, you know, um, ends up kind of like, you know, Ica deciding that, like, screw these people, I'm going to flip is really what incentivizes them to, like, all right, fine, we can do this thing. Like, let's rally together. And you've got, like, Karen and Dre and William and Ica and Dimitri's, like, coming together seemingly and wanting to enact a plan where, like, if if William kind of seemingly by himself can convince Kevin that, like, yeah, everyone wants Jackie out. Let's just, let's use the veto and let's get Jackie out then, you know, we can convince Kevin to accidentally get Bruno on the block and then we can send him home. But, you know, this was like a, a great plan in theory, but like it just seemed like the kind of thing that like, man, if this idea could have come together on like a Thursday night when William had just won HOH, there would have been more options and more ways they could have gone about really solidifying some kind of backdoor Bruno plan as such. I mean, it didn't really come together because it required them to really convince Kevin to take a huge leap of faith and Netta and Bruno especially did a good job of kind of talking Kevin off the ledge, especially the morning of uh, the ceremony itself and just letting him know like, Hey man, that's stupid. Like we well, like Dylan and Emily, we want to work with them, but I that's agree not really you. in our best interest. Look, I agree with you in part that it would have been better if they had a plan. And I criticized them on the podcast yesterday with Rob that, you know, William never had a plan and that was part of the problem. On the other hand, William did play this well with Kevin to the point where I thought watching the feeds that Kevin was going to use the veto, you know, William never really b brought up Jackie too much. He kind of let Kevin lead him there a little bit. He never overtly tried to get to say, you know, I really want to go after Jackie. Come on, let's go after Jackie. Like it was never, he kind of said, well, I don't know if I should do that. And, you know, that's not, I don't know. That sounds like really terrible. Like he, he let himself be talked into the idea that he could potentially 
put Jackie up on the block and make everybody happy. And you saw in the diary room, Kevin was so freaking happy. He's like, this is great. You know, we can repair my relationship with Dylan. We can get Jackie out of the house. She's no worth to me. Uh, uh, Dylan is the perfect shield. So I felt like they did, like given the fact that they didn't have a plan, I felt like they did a good job. In fact, an, a very admirable job in terms of trying to get Kevin to use the veto. The problem was they had a leak. The leak was Ika. <laughs> Aika, bitch doesn't know which side she's on. Like, I mean, I love her that she's playing this, you know, double agent, triple agent role, but she sometimes does things. And then later on in the week, it's so frustrating because she'll say, why didn't I do that? Or why did I do that? She was the one who eventually spilled the beans to her alliance to say, you know, no, 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 no. That this is a trick. You know, like uh, if you use the veto, Bruno's going to go up. Uh, in your in the in your place, and uh, you shouldn't do that. And of course, then Netta and Bruno piled on, and said, "Hey, yeah, this is a bad idea." But if left to his own devices, Kevin would have used the veto here. I swear to God, he would have. And that's and that's why again, why I don't think he has a very good read on the house. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I also felt like you know, definitely that conversation they showed. William does a good job of selling it, but there was a conversation the next morning where William is really does a poor job acting, and Kevin's yeah, that like, was terrible. I remember because when he leaves the storage room, Kevin like looks at the camera. He's like, "Yeah, I can't use the veto." Yeah, but that, like was that. So that was after Ika. That was after Ika. True, it like yeah. confirmed what he had yeah, already. So he already had it in his head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, once he knew what to look for, he was able yeah. to find it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, right. I, I imagine That's kind of his mo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I imagine some of the the, the show only watchers might be a little confused as to why Aiko was push, pushing so hard to keep Bruno off the block in the last episode and now is like <laughs> gunning for him to be on the block this episode. Uh, Brent, do you do you can you tell us why this happened or is this Aika just being Aika? Well, it's part of it's just Aika being Aika. On the other hand, that she's really fed up with Netta. And in fact, I, I'm trying to think like I want to make sure I get things in the right order in terms of the way they happen. She's really fed up with Netta and she doesn't like being questioned by the Alliance that, you know, because they see that she's really close to the other side. That, that her and Dimitri's are, and I'm going to say it, Dimitri's by the, for the rest of this time. I don't care what he says. It's her and Dimitri's uh, are really close to Dre and William, and they see that. And obviously, um, the other thing is that Ike has made it known, sort of directly and indirectly, that she wants Emily to stay. Well, that's not what Netta and Bruno want. And Netta and Bruno are used to having their way. Kevin is with Netta and Bruno, so he's going to go along with that. They want to keep Dylan. Ike and Dimitri's want to keep Emily. And so it's, they realize they don't have the votes. And so Ika, again, again, she's in this position where she basically has to do something for the good of the alliance that's not necessarily good for her. And her resentment towards those people who are causing that to happen is building. Again, there's so many things to talk about here. Her relationship with, with Netta, her relationship or lack thereof with Jackie. There's so many things that if, they, if one of these things could be repaired, I feel like Ika and Dimitris could take control of the game. But as it currently stands, they're going to have to win, win one more HOH in order for that to happen. Yeah. And then, uh, as you mentioned, she does eventually again change her mind and decide she needs to tell the other side of the house not to use the veto because she doesn't want Bruno to go up on the block. Um, to Alex, can you tell us why that that happened? Well, it's like, yeah, I mean, she's she's mad at Bruno because, you know, these moments come up where she's like, Bruno's sketchy. Bruno's lying to me. And she like decides she's done with it you know like it Ica is very you know very concerned with loyalty and that's the thing that keeps pushing her towards dre because dre seems like a very appealing option like very loyal person and you know bruno is the person that's gonna be a little with dance around and answer a little bit and give you some like half answers and stuff like that so you know that that kind of you know is the kind of thing that makes Ica want to flip but then right you know 
by you know the the same token she's got to worry about the factor of like you know obviously she's worried she doesn't have the numbers cindy is obviously someone who really like does a good job of talking to her and trying to like repair the relationship between ike and bruno like to the degree like she's probably the glue that's really holding them together at this point and like it's pretty it's pretty tenuous but I mean, it's still there as far as to why Ika did this, I feel like if Melissa Benoist ever left Supergirl, that Ika would be the perfect person to take her place because Ika has a hero complex. She wants to be the hero to everybody. She wants to be the hero to Dre and William and those people. She wants to make them happy. And when they're in power and they've got decisions to make, she says, okay, I'm with you. Let's target Bruno. Let's get him out. When she's talking to the other side of the house, all of a sudden now she's with them. She's like, no, no, no. Don't use the veto. Bruno's going to be the one to go up on the block. I want to save you. See what I did? Look at all the work that I'm putting in. Like, She's always the person that you've got to give valid, uh, to validate and give her credibility to the things that she's doing in the house. Otherwise, she doesn't have a lot of self-worth in the game. Super. She moves at such a high speed, too. It's like, I mean, she was sketched out by Kevin and that really drives her away. And then she decides, Kevin, oh, now I think Kevin's really a trustworthy guy. Like, it's almost day to day. I mean, it really is day to day. It's almost oh, hour totally. to hour. With, uh, I mean, the degrees of like, you know, I, I really do think like, especially, you know, going into a double eviction that, you know, whoever has gotten on Ike's bad side most recently is really who has to worry about it. Yeah, and it's crazy because this has been happening since the beginning of the game. It's been it's been day by day, Ika flipping back and forth to various different sides, various different people, and she's still there. Like it, it's crazy that it works. And we kind of talked about this before, where it's like it kind of works because she fully believes it every time she talks to those people. Um, but you know, we. I, who knows how long this is going to be able but to last. She's been playing better in the past. And I say that because in, in the past, she's had other shields in front of her that basically she could blame the failed plan on. Like when Dallas was trying to stay, Cass was the reason that there was a plan stirring up. When Cass was on the block and in danger, Gary was the reason that the, that the plan, you know, uh, that there was a plan in place that eventually didn't come to fruition. Now it's seeming like Ika is the reason that there is a, plan in the works to try to get Emily to stay and Bruno and Netta don't like being told no and one thing about Netta she's got a little bit of an ego so does Bruno for that matter and they like the fact that they are currently in the best position in the game and they want to keep it that way so they're from their perspective they want to keep Dylan in the house they want to get rid of Emily so she, she seems shadier and more interested in her own game to them she seems more willing to throw people under the bus and Ika and Dimitris don't have the votes to save her. So they're, they're, they're looking like, and, and the thing is they stuck their neck out, especially Ika in terms of she's tried to have it both ways. Like, I wish you guys would have told me that you really wanted to keep uh, Dylan here, but they kind of already did tell her that. And she kind of just didn't want to listen. It, it's, it's, I, I feel like that uh, they, they, well, that's, that's, that's spoiler territory for feeds, but I feel like they would do well to have a meeting and get some of this stuff out into the open and just like, let's be honest about our intentions here. The fact that we're in a big alliance doesn't mean that we all have the same motivations, but I feel like we can all still work together, together for the common good. Yeah, it's it's a weird, it's an interesting sort of standoff with the with the six where Ika and Dimitri's are constantly. Uh, you know, canoodling with the other side that are often against people like Kevin and Bruno. And then Kevin and Bruno and, and Netta, they have the the other side of the house. And so um, there's this weird, you know, back and forth where they're saying, we want to keep our pawns and get rid of your pawns. And for the most part, Kevin and Bruno and Netta have been able to take out all of Ika's pawns. And Ika hasn't really been able to take out any of Netta 
Bruno and Kevin's ponds. Uh, so Ika's definitely feeling very like not appreciated and she's feeling like she's losing this battle and every time she wants to take a stand for one of her pawns she realizes she doesn't have the numbers because she is essentially on the outs of this six-person alliance but it's also the thing that's keeping her safe so i was gonna say that yeah exactly I was just going to say that I know that Ika feels that she is in danger and that you know, the people that get, they're getting rid of are people that would never have come after her. On the other hand, she's in a great position in the house if she would just shut up for a second. Like, girl, like, realize the fact that, you know, the, if if that side of the house, meaning the, the Dre Williams Karens of the world, if they win head of household... You are not on the radar at all. The people who are in danger are the Brunos and Kevins of the world. I mean, those are the people that are in danger if the other side of the house wins head of household. But if the, you know, the Bruno side of head of, side wins head of household, then Dre and William are in danger. Like you're in a great position right now. It's like, shut up. But the fact that you keep yapping and you're blowing your top to people just makes people remember, oh yeah, we have to worry about you too. You're a bit shady. You're a bit untrustworthy. And now you could be moved to the front of the line. I do worry about Ica going into this double. Yeah. That's a, it's an interesting season because you have, I feel like with a lot of seasons you have uh, at this point in the game, like two degrees of separation between someone and someone they'd want to target at, at least, you know what I mean? Like no one is like best friends with someone who's working with their enemy but this season, there's a lot of that. It's like, you know, Netta and Jackie are getting closer and like Ico is working with Netta and then like Ooh. Kevin and William are closer. But like Bruno isn't working with William at all. You know what I mean? Or like Cindy isn't working with William at all. And like Dre and William are working together and William works with Kevin. But like how bad. So like there's just a lot of like the dynamics are um, much more intertwined, I think much tighter than I think in a lot of seasons at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm loving the dynamics. I've been talking about this before, and I obviously feel like that means there's probably going to be a twist coming soon that probably messes with it. Uh, I feel like, I, and I feel like there's there's some there's some sentiment on Twitter too saying this like this is what happens when we have Big Brother Canada and they don't screw it up with twists. Like we get some really good stuff often, and uh, like don't mess it up for us. This is good. We like it. Come on, right? Um, and the last twist they had was Backwards Week, and that basically was not really a twist. I mean, it was interesting yeah. to watch, but it basically gave the house exactly what they wanted anyway. I mean, if if Bruno's side of the house had won head of household, they wanted to target Gary. That's who Netta wanted out. So you know, Gary went up on the block because the house got to vote, and then somebody who they at least tangentially controlled and Dimitris was able to get rid of him. So, you know, it really wasn't a, like I, I think about the season and I don't feel like there's been that many twists, yep. but there really was one just last week. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, like it was a twist that made that week more boring, um, but it didn't, it didn't like mess with the natural house dynamic, which I think is right. what's able to make this week so exciting because there's there's still so much intermingling happening and and so much natural like actual play happening um so let's think positive Taryn. let's think positive (laughs) all right so um then we have consider a double eviction a twist Taryn. oh no of course not it's a regular game mechanic at this point yeah um (laughs) all right so next next we get dre talking to william she really really wants to make sure william is not feeling close to Kevin. She wants him to feel betrayed by him. She wants him to feel comfortable betraying him back. And so she tells him about this boy toy comment that is very upsetting to, to William. Um, do, how, how did you feel about, about Dre's strategy here? Because I don't know if this is going to make the show, but I don't believe Kevin has actually ever called William his boy toy. So uh, what, what did you think about this, uh, Alex? 
I mean, it doesn't bother me that she wants to make things up and try to use it against him, especially with Kevin, because it seems like it continues to work with Kevin. People are this is not the first time Kevin has been blamed for something he didn't do. <laughs> and, you know, it's stuck, you know, despite anything Kevin might say. So it seems like, it, you know, it's not going to have much pro- much trouble when it comes to that. I think more so my issue with Dre and like her, you know, just strategic decisions. A lot of times she's like just kind of a dog chasing cars where she doesn't know exactly what she's doing and she doesn't know exactly what pieces she needs to put together a real plan because, you know, her problem is like if she wants to make a big move and go after a Bruno or somebody, then why are you like just going so far out of your way to alienate Jackie and make her feel like you hate her when I mean, you do hate her, but like it's just, you know, it's things like that that set her back with this game because you know at this point they need to try to rally numbers if they're going to beat the people who have been getting their way every week like they talk about but you're you're like almost intentionally dismissing some of the available numbers that are rapidly dwindling in the house well she's such a bad player because her number one ally one head of household this should have been a great week for her but yet still she's basically not going to get her way and why is that because she abdicated responsibility she didn't stay up there in the hoh room when she needed to she's bitching about the fact that kevin is getting in william's ear trying to get him to do things trying to build a relationship with him but i'm like girl where were you at you were downstairs sleeping while they were canoodling up there in the hoh room like uh, she totally screwed this week up. I I'm so mad at her. Then she acts all like verklempt about the fact that well, I wanted to get Bruno up on the block and I totally screwed this week up. No, that wasn't the problem. The problem was you weren't up there from the beginning. Like you basically like you crossed the finish line, but you forgot to go like there. There's another part of the race. Like it's a triathlon, and she did the first part. They won. Yay, we won. Oh yeah, I forgot. There's still stuff to do. Like they they totally screwed that part up and dropped the ball. So, Brent, if I if I told you that Alex has been calling you his boy toy for months now, how would you feel about that? As I said yesterday on the podcast with Rob, like I would love for Kevin or Alex or anybody to call me a boy toy. Like, I mean, that's so funny. Like, I mean, because that's all the relationship is. And William knows that they're just kind of canoodling and kissing a little bit, a little bit more here and there. But I mean, that's that's all it is. It's within the context of the game. It's within the confines of the game. And outside of this house, you're probably just going to be friends. I mean, it's not like you're ever going to live happily ever after. But the fact that William seems offended by that is ludicrous to me. Absolutely ludicrous. And in this whole boy toy comment, which, you know, we're, we're, I, I, I know they talked about it on the show, but there were some things that happened after the veto ceremony, which I'll just go ahead and say right now because they're not, they're not really spoiler related. But like William just got, you know, more mad about the fact that, that he called him, supposedly called him a boy toy. He confronted Kevin about that. Kevin said, I would never say anything like that. Of course, we know Kevin really would. Or I don't know. He, Kevin said personal attacks don't belong in this game, but yet he does say to us in the diary room that he's willing to do anything to further his game. So I feel like those two things, I guess they can coexist, but like if he had called William a boy toy, which by the way, Emily was the one spreading that rumor. Um, I, I have no problem with that. Yeah. I, I honestly, I feel like Kevin talks a big game in the DR in terms of like his heartlessness. Uh, but I think he really cares for William and I think he'd be upset if he hurt William. Yeah. Um, like I, I think, the the TV version of Kevin is a lot more like cutthroat and strategic than uh, I mean, obviously more strategic than the actual Kevin, but like definitely more cutthroat than the actual uh, Kevin in the house, um, which is interesting. And so like in terms of uh, in terms of Bruno going up on the block, would this have been a good move for Ika? Should she have 
stayed with the course and tried to get Kevin to follow through with this, Alex? Um, for Ica, I mean, I think it probably. It's so tough to say. I mean, I think probably because Bruno is going to, you know, turn on her soon, uh, if not immediately. So I think, you know, a move needed to be made. I think you look at the HOHs that have happened. Dimitri's has won two of the four HOHs at this point. And, you know, they took out Cass and Gary, who were amenable to working with them. So, uh, yeah, you have to do some kind of damage control or, you know, Netta and Bruno and Kevin and Cindy, like it just, it seems too obvious that they're going to steamroll you. So I think like now is the time probably to try to do something like that. Yeah, but you have to spin it forward. Like, you know, getting Bruno up on the block was only part one of the plan. Getting him evicted, that's part two of the plan. And in order to get Bruno evicted, you're going to need the votes of Ika and Dimitris in a, in a, in a nine person voting block. Five of those people have to come together. They have three of them, but they're going to need Ika and Dimitris in order to do it. And I feel like, that if you like spin it forward, like they're going to, I can Dimitri's are going to have to own to Netta to Kevin. Yeah. We're voting out Bruno to save, you know, Dylan. And are they really going to be willing to face them and say that? I don't think Ico would be able to do that. I really don't. So I think that your, your other course of action is to save Bruno and let him, let him be on the block. Let, you know, uh, William take the fall for this and then save him with your votes and say, we're not letting you go anywhere. And, you know, bring Bruno back to your side. That may be the better course of action. And that's the thing that's tough is because like with the information Ica has, uh, she feels like, uh, you know, the four of Cindy, Netta, Bruno and Kevin are, you know, obligated to be loyal to her and Dimitri's if they don't have Dylan and Emily on the side. Like she really has been concerned with them replacing her duo with that extra duo that's just kind of hanging out there for Netta and Bruno to pick up. So in getting out one of either Dylan or Emily, she does kind of mitigate that threat to a degree. Yes. So ultimately, Kevin does not use this veto. And we see in the DR him saying he just something felt fishy, something felt off. He felt like his allies were in danger, which makes him seem very smart and very like uh, like he really predicted this. Uh, Man, how did Kevin know? Uh, Read him like a book. Uh, Yeah, yeah, man. Kevin's just so good at this game, isn't he? Weren't you (laughs) interested in how he basically seemed like it seemed like Bruno from Big Brother 3 when he didn't use the double veto? Like he was like, you know, I'm sorry. Sorry, Canada. I really wanted to do this. Like, I mean, he seemed apologetic in the DR to me to a point where he felt like maybe he was letting the viewing audience down by not oh, yeah. using the veto. You could definitely tell that. And I thought that was interesting that they kept that in. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's weird because they are portraying Kevin as being heartless, as potentially playing William and we're seeing I think what we're supposed to be seeing as like this uh, likable William as sort of like you know sticking it to Kevin a little bit but then we're also seeing this from Kevin where it makes Kevin look good and they're letting Kevin be the person that's like man I know you probably wanted to see this but I I felt like I was being tricked and I saw through it, um, which is a very favorable way to very, very favorable way to portray this for Kevin. Um, so it's they're definitely not ready to cut their uh, their golden boy loose yet uh, with Kevin really hedging their bets on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we move forward, we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. I think uh, unless you guys have anything else from this episode, we should probably move into the feeds. Yep. 
The Office of Civil Defense has issued the following message. This is a spoiler warning. A spoiler warning means that an actual spoiler against this country has been detected and that protective action should be taken. All right. Start making up brands to do commercials for. <laughs> yes, Brent is doing it right now. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so into the feeds, uh, Dylan and Emily still up on the block. Who's going to go home, Brent? Dylan's going to go home unless something changes, which I don't see it changing. And my only question at this point, is it going to be five to four or is it going to be nine to zero? I think it's going to be nine to zero. I really do. I, th- I feel like it's going to be nine to zero at this point. I feel like the house is going to come together and that's not good for Bruno and his team. I feel like that he would like it if some people voted against and, and maybe Karen throws a hinky vote. I don't, you know, hell if I know, but I basically the house is going to come together and keep Dylan at this point. And uh, that's going to make that. That's going to make Dylan less angry with the Ica and Dimitris of the world. I feel like, so I'm still interested to see, and I know you, who oh, Alex was on me with, with me last night, poo pooed the fact that Dylan is going to go after Kevin. He's still saying that today. And I know that, you know, we still have one more day, but he's still pissed at Kevin for keeping him on the block, for winning that veto, for not taking his deal. Now, once Emily's actually out of the house and they announce a double eviction, and if he, if he you know, pulls a Corey and wins head of household, I mean, who knows? But uh, I still am wondering whether or not, because it, he, he was also had a conversation, and I'm, I'm all over the place, but a lot's been happening on the feeds. Dylan had a conversation with Karen earlier today that was very interesting, and Karen was basically trying to pull him in, and he sees that he's being used as a pawn. Like I said yesterday, the pawns have woken up, at least part of them have, and they don't like being used as a pawn. They, they, it was like it's like you're a prostitute and you realize you've been used. You know, he he doesn't like being used, and he realized that he's been used by his alliance at this point as essentially a placeholder for the bigger targets, which are the Brunos and Kevins of the world. So uh, I, I feel like there's a possibility that he could be not as stuck to their side of the house, meaning Bruno and Netta, as the, we'll call them the Nettas, because that's what the Twitters call him. <laughs> he, he, he will not be as stuck to the Nettas as maybe some people think he would. Although later on, he had conversations with Netta where it seems like he's going, he, like, he's all over the place. Like, talk about Ica, Dylan right over. now. <laughs> it's true. I'm just trying to get everything in because if I don't say anything, then people come at us. And they say, well, why don't you talk about this conversation? Why don't you talk about this conversation? So I'm just trying to let you guys know that Dylan has been all over the place as far as his intentions go. Yes. And uh, just, just to be clear, at first you said uh, Dylan is going home. I think you meant to say Emily oh, is going home and Dylan yeah, is Emily's staying. Yeah, uh, Emily is going home yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and we're concerned about, uh, you know, where is Dylan in all of this? Because at first Dylan wanted to go home. But now he doesn't want to go home. And, you know, at first he was like, I'm definitely going after Bruno and Kevin. But now he's been talking to Netta and it seems like he's more favorable to that side. Um, At first he was sleeping with Emily in her bed and now she's not sleeping with him anymore. These are very important questions. Will he sleep in her bed again? I don't know. It's just, it's very hard to, to figure out. Well, he's hoping for alcohol delivery, Taryn. That's, <laughs> his, that's his saving grace he, in his mind. So. He exposed for the first time today to Emily that he is that there's a part of him that wants to stay. And that really woke her up. She was like, oh shit, like really? Like like the whole reason that I felt safe is because you've been saying that you wanted to go home. But now there's a part of you, even a smaller, he said the bigger part of him wants to leave, which is by the way, is a total lie. He's just telling her that to save face. Um, she realizes that she's in date girl, you in danger now. 
Yeah, Emily's Emily's freaking out, and that's why people do blindsides. That's why they happen because you know it's like you are literally leading a lamb to slaughter, and if you like start like riling the lamb up and letting it know you're about to murder it and like showing it the knife and doing all kinds of stuff, the lamb's gonna start like flailing and freaking out. It's much harder to murder a lamb when all that's going on. So, uh, <laughs> what just happened? Where did that go? Yeah, I do not co-sign that analogy. No, come on now. It's the same. Same we're thing. On, we're on Survivor murdering baby goats. Is that what's happening? I, oh, Emily is Emily is a baby lamb. On this <laughs> She's just totally strategically, uh, you know, veal. Right? Yeah, yeah. Strategically veal. I like that. Strategically yeah. veal. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, but Jackie did talk to her today and Jackie was like, I'm voting. I'm voting to keep you, Emily. Uh, Dylan. Dylan is 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 abdicating like he is. He doesn't really want to say. And Emily was like, oh, my God, it's so nice to hear. I'm so touched. Uh, <laughs> Lies. She's lying. Uh, I do think it could potentially still shift. Right. I feel like Cindy, if like Cindy ever decides, like, I want one or the other, she doesn't seem to care much. But right. like Cindy is like the definite vote that, you know, tips the apple cart one way or the other, because like a lot of people don't seem to care too much. And nobody wants to like be too adamant about, you know, in the six who are really, you know, still controlling the decision because everything, you know, even on the quote unquote other side of the house at this point is kind of trickling from Ike and Dimitri's. They realize they need them to make anything happen, really. So they're kind of banking on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Cindy decides that she's closer with Cindy, pretty soon is going to have to choose, I think, between Ika and Netta, because this is like coming to a head to a point where she's having conversations with Ika and, you know, Netta is not privy to what she's saying. Like Ika's like bad mouthing Netta to Cindy and then Netta's bad mouthing Ika to Cindy. And it's like, you know, you can only juggle these balls for so long before things fall apart and you have to do something. So it's going to be interesting, I think. As of right now, definitely, it looks like Dylan is going to stay. But if Cindy were to all of a sudden feel like Emily is better for her game, I think she she's like the one person who could turn the tides more than anyone. I, I think that's possible. I I personally don't see it happening, especially with yeah. the limited time frame. Uh, they basically got one more night to change it. And I don't think there's a big push to change it. A lot. I think, in fact, a lot of the people on the other side of the house, as Brent are say, is, was saying, are kind of coming around to like, all right, well, I think we just have to let Emily go. Yeah, like um, William really wanted Dylan out. And even he is like kind of over it at this point. Like, yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah. I do. Not, I could not be made to care. <laughs> and it's so like the confusing thing, I think, is that. I haven't seen Dylan be completely honest with anybody at this point. <laughs> like ever since he had a conversation with Netta where he admitted that he wanted to stay and Netta gave him reassurance that she was going to help keep him. He hasn't been completely honest to Netta. He hasn't been completely honest to Emily. He hasn't been completely honest to Karen. I don't know where he's leaning because he's lying. He's at least leaving some things out to everyone. It's, he's telling Karen, I want to go after Bruno. I want to go after Kevin. I want to go after Netta all of those people. Uh, and she's telling Netta, like, I really actually want to stay. And he's telling Emily, I kind of might want to stay, but they haven't told me anything. So I don't, I'm not sure. So like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know where he lies. I did. Does, do either of you have a guess <laughs> about this? I mean, you- my, I know, like, I feel like Brent, you, you think like, I mean, obviously right now it seems like he's thinking Kevin and I, I get that. I think, you know, something would have to change, but I feel like if he were to win HOH in the double and he is the, probably the biggest wild card about like who could win in the double about what they're going to do. It's hard for me to not think he just reverts to his 
hatred of Dimitri's that is longstanding. I mean, like that's an easy guy to put up. And also if you just lost your showman's like, it's very easy to see Dylan being like, all right, well, screw you. I'm going to put you up with your showman's and see how you like it because I don't like you. Dimitri's like, I think it could come down to that. I, I think uh, a Dylan HOH win in the double could be the, the most exciting potentially uh, thing. Everyone would be scrambled. Everyone would be at him from all sides. And I don't think he has any loyalties uh, after Emily leaves. So it could go free anywhere. agent. It could go. At, and it wouldn't even be like strategically sound either. Like he could just like throw two completely random people up on the block. It could be total mayhem. That happened in uh, Big Brother 16, right? Wait, I think when Steve the HOH when he did that when he, so he threw a couple randos up there and we were just like whoop like uh, 17 you mean 17. Uh, 17? Got Jackie sorry, out. sorry sorry 17 yeah don't yell at me <laughs> you got Jackie out that's funny that like yeah. that would be if this in this double the that scenario would be if someone got Jackie out <laughs> <laughs> well, like, at, least, at least steve had like some some strategic end to that right like he was just trying to get out like the least offensive i know uh, i know, had, I know. Like, but it was such a, we were like oh my god yeah we can't we had to do a podcast that night we were like oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, man. it seemed it seemed incredibly random yeah uh because nobody's watching it. the feeds right yeah yeah or that would be like if Kevin won and got Karen out, and we're all like, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, look, so, I could they, see they look like they're friends on TV. <laughs> I could see it where, like, Kevin puts up, like, I don't know, Karen and somebody. It's, like, a easy. But, like, it just seems like with the double, it, especially that they seem to, like, they know it's a double. Like, this is, like, the time for a big shoe to drop. There are a lot of seasons where it doesn't necessarily feel like the time. It was a good move for Steve to really, like, fade back into the background. He was able to take out somebody that wasn't really loyal to him and then not make any enemies, really, in doing so. Because a lot of people, you know, nobody was feeling like they were ready to, like, give up their game for Jackie. So, you know, that worked out for him. But I, I just think, you know, there's hardly anyone you see on like the board right now who would win HOH and not feel like, okay, I need to take a big swing here either at like right. Ike or one of her close people or Dre and William together or Netta and Bruno together. Like there's right. just, it seems like a heavy hitter is probably in trouble. I was just going to say that the thing that we're kind of burying the lead here, but Ike and Netta have been at each other's throats and Ike is totally almost assuredly, close to done with the six and she has told Dre finally I think I said on this podcast last night that she hadn't told Dre yet about the six well she did she told him about the six and so that that cat's out of the bag and I'm very curious to see the Dre's like well we just need to declare war and Ike is like well it's been declared well it really hasn't like they're still sort of making nice with everybody and Cindy is sort of the mediator and the in the glue between them. Cindy wants everybody to come together like why can't we all just why can't we all just be friends? That's basically like Cindy at this point. But I do agree with Alex that I feel like she's going to have to make a side a pick a side because uh she's trying to have it where uh if their side of the house wins HOH, she just or somebody who doesn't like Ika and Dimitris, like say Dylan, she only that he only puts up one of Ika and Dimitris. Like she wants to make sure that that it's not Ika and Dimitris on the block. She wants it to be like if they win Ika and Dre or like Dimitris and William or somebody like that. You know, because those are the two head of households who put him up. Yeah, and most recently she's been talking about, I mean, obviously she's still very close to Cindy, so any plans she would have on flipping would be to a flip against Netta, but not necessarily against Cindy. And, you know, the more they talk about kind of the fact that, you know, William really 
did Kevin a solid this weekend. He established some uh, some trust with Kevin in, you know, Kevin not using the veto and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, they hang out a lot now. They're very close. Obviously, we've seen that on the show. So, you know, I think Ika is now like, you know, looking at possibilities that involve trying to pry Kevin away from Bruno and Cindy away from Otneta. Uh, and get everyone to kind of like target those two big players yes. and maybe work something out where, you know, Kevin and Cindy are amenable to the idea of moving on in this game without Bruno and Neto, which probably not in their best interest this early. Yeah, this early, I agree with that. On the, uh, I do like the fact that Ike is sort of waking up to the fact that Dre and William, um, they're really loyal. They're, they're like, they will go down with the ship. And that's the kind of people that she needs right now. She doesn't want anybody who's flippy floppy, who kind of goes all over the place to, for self-preservation. She needs, she needs soldiers right now. And Bruno's kind of realized that. That she feels like she, she feels like Ika is trying to like build an army against them, which is kind of like what's happening. I mean, you know, if you look at like Ika and Demetrius and William and Dre and Karen, and if they tried to keep Emily, I mean, that would be enough people to effectively take control of the house or have the numbers at least, and Bruno would be in severe danger. Again, I said, you know, I know that they don't have enough um, people to get, you know, to make whatever they want to happen happen for the first part of the double, but for the second part of the double, only eight people are voting and they have a solid five on that side that are all basically working together. I'm talking about Ica's side. So if they can get control of that HOH, they can make whatever they want to happen, happen. Yeah. And I, I like, I like the instinct from Ica because I feel like Ica is in a really tough spot right now where if she goes against the six, then she's in a lot of hot water because she's you're always going to be. T- you're talking about with Dylan and Emily? I don't know, just in general, like okay. moving forward into okay. next week, like it, where she's positioned in the house, um, she needs to be able to pull Cindy in, which is why I was like, what are you doing when she just basically shoved Cindy away after having pulled her in? Um, but she is she is trying to work Cindy back in yet again. Um, and she is also trying to work Kevin. I don't think that's going to work. I think Kevin is is blindly loyal to, to Bruno. And I think mm-hmm. that's in his best interest. I think he has basically nowhere to go if he goes with Ika. But um, at least she's trying, which I, I do appreciate uh, to, to a large extent. Um, Alex, you mentioned that, that Cindy is kind of like the glue, or I think Brent maybe mentioned Cindy's we like the did. glue yeah. holding the, the six together. I saw on Twitter somebody say something like, uh, she's, she's like a, a child uh, in like a divorced parent household. Where she's like <laughs> trying to run back and forth, like keeping the peace between two people that just hate each other. It's so true, too, because they even they had like a meeting among the six, like, yes. you know, two in the morning last night. And literally everyone pretty much like voiced some degree of opinion. Cindy sat there the entire time with like they were all still like wearing boxing gloves from the thing. And like she's sitting there like covering <laughs> her face the entire time, did not speak in a word, just like listen to the conversation. And like you forget she's even there. Like she just pretty much blends in with the furniture and these discussions happen around her. She takes in everything. And then, yeah, like Ika then goes off and she's talking about her issues with Bruno and, you know, she listens to that. And then she goes, talks to Bruno, listens to him talk about his issues with Ika. And then she's like taking in all this stuff. And yeah, she's like the, the person who's conveying information. Like Bruno has his interpretation of what Ika thinks because that's what Cindy has told him and vice versa. So she is controlling the flow of information between the two fracturing sides of the six. Yeah, she is controlling the flow of information and she's not being totally honest with everybody about what she's presenting to them. So I still feel like that she's still trying to keep Ika safe from Bruno. But I'm I'm curious from you guys whether or not you think like, let's let's just call it. Let's call it Bruno HOH for tomorrow night. Does he put up Ika and Demetrius? I mean, I think he, I think he would have. Because he's been um, saying it. 
I think he would have yesterday. I I know that that Cindy has been putting in work to try and get repair his relationship with Ica. Um, so I don't know how far that's gone in, in uh, like today. Right. Um, that, I also think it really depends what Netta wants. I mean, Netta, it seems like wants to take out William or go for William and Dre. She's talked about targeting William, but if she feels like, you know, if, if she increasingly feels like she can't work with Ica and then she decides to really push Bruno in that direction, I could see him. They barely like, talked today. Her, and I'm talking about uh, Netta and Ica, at least up until the, I came on, started watching Survivor and then, then Big Brother Canada. So yeah, Netta was telling Dylan, like, I hope you appreciate the work I put in this week to keep you because Ica won't even look at me now. Like, yeah, that's. <laughs> Yeah, you know. I, I you know it's it, like I know that that Bruno was talking about like he was talking to Netta and he was saying I'm just going to put them up if if I win right. and and Netta was saying yes yeah, I think yeah. you should um so it, I definitely think it's a it's a big possibility but like I said with Cindy trying to repair that relationship Cindy's basically given up on repairing the Netta Ica relationship at least at the moment and um, so has Ica Ica's given yeah. up on trying to repair the Netta she's like well I'm just going to work with Kevin and Bruno and Cindy and try to repair that relationship and see if that if I if I'm able to get through the game with that like screw Netta like I don't care about her I don't have to work with her I don't have to talk with her but if I can have these people in my corner at least for the time being I'll be okay sorry to interrupt and this is what she should have been doing all along I think because Netta is basically by herself whereas Kevin and Bruno and Cindy are all sort of linked to each other. Um, Netta has always been the person that's just kind of like in with them by default, because if Aika is against Netta, then she's also against the three of them. So she needed to try and pull them away from her, away from Netta, instead of trying to be with Netta and then trying to be like, uh, you know, back and forth with Netta and then back and forth with Kevin and Bruno. These are the people she needs to be targeting and needs to, targeting in the sense of like targeting, like, I need to be friends with you. I need to be friends Um, with him, right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, And and even if she can't completely win them over, at the very least, convince them, I have no interest in you. I'm only after Netta. And like the rest of us are still good in the six. It's just Netta I have a problem. She can get them to stay their hand for a week or two. Like if she's, uh, you know, maybe not best friends with them, but she's good enough with Bruno and, you know, by by extension, Cindy's helping trying to smooth that relationship over with Bruno and Kevin where, you know, they're like, we don't really trust you. We don't really like you but we're not going to target you yet. Like, I feel like if she could just buy herself a week or two where they go after William and Dre or put some amalgamation, but I guess stop using that word. Sorry. Some, some, uh, some uh, combination of uh, Dylan, Jackie, somebody, a placeholder, Karen up there. If they can, if they can make it through a couple of weeks, I feel like that will, have, that, that their work will have, will have paid off. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I think Cindy's position is telling, I was trying to go through earlier and look at like for targets for double eviction, like who are the three or four most, you know, people that everyone would be most likely to put on the block. And Cindy is not on like that list for anybody. Cindy's the one person I think there's no scenario where she possibly goes. Like, I think there's a fluke where everyone else could potentially go, but Cindy is absolutely unequivocally going to be here next week. And that's, I mean, that's something that really says something about kind of the game she's playing, the way she's managed to stay, uh, you know, lying low while still being a big part of the majority and the decision-making. She's not alienating anybody with the way she's gone about it. Uh, Netta and Ika have really, you know, come to a head in terms of they're both very vocal in what they want to happen and who they want to see go home. And it's created a rift. Like if that's just been, you know, kind of further, uh, 
I don't chasming isn't a word, but further <laughs> developing each week. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Cindy has managed to, you know, keep herself out of all of that. And she's even like I know she's talked about like in an effort to try to get people away from the idea of targeting Ica, like the idea of, you know, maybe doing one and one instead of putting up Ica and Dimitri doing like Dimitri and uh, Dre or, you know, something like that, just pitching something that's an alternative. And I think personally, like I think Dre and Ica or like, you know, Dimitri and like there's just some really interesting uh, combinations that could potentially, you know, go up on the block this week where you have people who are working together who would have like opposing viewpoints on who they would want to see go. Yeah. Um, it, it, so speaking of Ica, um, there's there's uh, there's something I really want to talk about because uh, she came up with this this plan where she wanted to fake cry to Netta <laughs> in the HOH room. And this was a this is a very like interesting like hour or so of, of feeds because um while this was happening there's also another interesting conversation with Bruno and Dre that I want to get to as well um but so I, Ica basically just like bawled out to to Netta saying I'm so sorry uh I've never said I'm done with you um I love you I I need you in this game I like I feel so bad about everything I did she was like fake she was pretending to cry before she before she like in preparation for this um Brent were you watching this were, were you enjoying this Yeah we talked about it last night like the big the, I liked the aftermath of it when they were both like walking out of the room going that was the biggest waste of time ever like it was <laughs> yeah. like they were, you know I think maybe Ica was a little bit more sold on her acting abilities than Netta was uh cuz I think Ica thought that maybe she repaired some of the damage and she really didn't and uh netta wasn't buying any of it so uh it was it was interesting to watch i love the fact that she she's such a diva because she's like you know i call her a, a diva ica because she just goes she she knows the cameras are on her she's like okay i'm gonna go in the room i'm gonna practice crime like you know where's some onions you know <laughs> and then she walks into the room with with netta oh my god you know i'm so sorry you know i love you you know we go way back blah blah yeah it was it was it, it didn't work Ika is one of these people and I know she's not alone. There are other people out there, but I'm pretty sure Ika is one of these people who aren't aware when they're rolling their eyes. And so like she's rolling her <laughs> eyes very hard, like just just powerful eye roll. Just and you're, you're staring her in the face. It's like it's pretty hard to say like, no, no, totally. I get you. I'm with you. And it's like, I just watched you roll your eyes. I know what that means. That's a universal thing. Like you just can't. And there and are some people your way around that. There's some people on Twitter who are like, you know, why can't these two amazing queen bees work together? I've seen this, you know, many, many, many people have tweeted this. And I'm like, I agree with everyone who's answered them and said, look, they are queen bees, but that's the reason they can't work together because they're used to having their own way. They're used to getting what they want. There was never any universe where these two were going to go to the fight. It was never going to be an Iconetta final two. Come on. Like, I mean, that's fan fiction. Even when the conversation is genuine, it's like, you know, you, you misinterpret like was like, you know, because Ica rolls her eyes so much. It's like, oh, was like rolling her eyes there. It's like and Netta, like, you know, makes, you know, she's, Netta rolls very, her eyes. she's got a very sharp tongue as well. So yes. she'll make like little quips. And it's like, oh, was that a slight at me? Like sometimes you don't even know. And it's like, yeah. So they there's even been conversations that were genuine where they both walk away. And it's like that 
you know, I don't trust her at all. That bitch, like, I can't deal with this. You know, the uh, Ika's or Ika Netta has been getting a bit of a mean girl rap in the house, and she first of all, it started outside the house with people not liking her and people cheering when she lost the HOH, and now I hear people in the house like Ika and Emily and some other people saying she's a bit of a mean girl. Like, I can't like like I, who was it that said that? You know, I've seen mean girls before, but Ika or uh, Netta takes it to a totally new level, and I'm like, really? That's that's those are some strong words about Netta there. Yeah, well, Emily definitely felt picked on at like that party that they had because yeah. uh, the next morning she was very much like upset about it and that I had to apologize. But up until that point, and obviously being on the block and them not really, you know, going out of their way to protect them has been a factor too. But up until that point, it seemed like Emily was really kind of sticking to Netta pretty closely. And that's gone. Like Emily is kind of like yeah. her only friend is Karen anymore. Emily walked into a room that today straight up asked Netta, like, are you voting to keep me? And Netta just ignored the question entirely. and just like continued talking about something else. Like it's always a bad sign. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, really, it's Jackie who's taken that position of being like stuck up Netta's butt, which is like, you know, if you're a new player who has no clue what you're doing, if you're a minnow, just like floating among all these sharks like eh, there's worse places to be i suppose it's it's funny because karen is essentially like performing the role of like turning <laughs> emily and bruno again or emily and dylan against uh See, i do that too I, I i there's so many players and i feel like their names are similar because like a lot, a lot of them are two syllables so yeah. I, I frequently screw them up when i'm talking if you if i ever screw it up on a podcast and i start talking about somebody and i say the wrong name just just correct me please because i don't <laughs> look like an idiot yeah <laughs> all right we'll make sure to not correct right, you so you, you can look yes. like like, when you, like um, you did when I said Bruno and Dylan or Ika, whatever. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, well, I, luckily I, for I, I did it last night with Rob and Alex and I, I went back and watched the podcast and no one corrected me. And I'm like, God, I look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did it on purpose. Yeah, no, right? they, were, they were so nice. <laughs> um, so, okay. So the other conversation I want to talk about uh, was the, the, the Bruno Trey conversation, because there was this interesting conversation they had where they were like, can we trust each other? Like, can we give each other information right now? Um, and Bruno was trying to subtly hint to Dre, like there's somebody who's running back and forth, pitting us against each other. Um, you know, I think we should be really wary of that person. And he's obviously referring to Ika, who is the rat. And, and Dre is like eating all of it up. She's like totally into this. She goes upstairs to, to talk to Ika after Ika does the, her crying thing to Netta. And, she goes, I think, I think we've got Bruno. I think he's against Netta. I think, I think he's, I think he's so talking about Netta. Freaking yeah. terrible. Oh, and it's funny too, because he had had the same very vague conversation with Karen where they're like, yes. you know, there's one person like, <laughs> you know Karen who I'm talking like about? Cindy. Oh, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Cindy, like, yes. I don't think they're talking about the same people. They're all talking about different people. Like, <laughs> nobody was happening. saying their name. So it's just like, there's the one person. It's just the one person who's the problem. It's like, somebody has to go every week. There's going to be a person who's a problem every Thursday. What are the odds? Someone else became the problem. It's like, they infected them. Yeah, it's like, that's what we said about like Audrey. And then Audrey left. It's like, oh, Audrey must have like done something to Shelly. It's like, no, this is the game. This is how it works. It's just so funny to watch people like rationalize why somebody needs to go because you know, the day, I mean, with this game, you don't have reasons to send anyone home. You just right. have to make them. 
And at the end of that conversation with uh, Dre and Bruno, they tried to make a deal where like, you know, I won't target you. You won't target me. And I think I, uh, Dre was like, well, what about William? Well, what about Ike and Dimitris? Like she's yeah. like, she's like adding people it's like whatever deal they made was not worth the paper that it was printed on. It was, right. well, it was totally, it's totally fruitless. Cause when she talked to Ike about the conversation, she said, I think it's, he's talking about Netta. I think Bruno's ready to turn on Netta. Ike was like, Oh crap. They, like he, he's trying to out me right now. And she was like, no, he's, he's, he was talking about me. Uh, you're screwing me up here. Um, <laughs> and, so, and Dre was just like, I do not believe I, I am right in this. I have a feeling she's so freaking terrible. God, you know, people were like a week ago, people were like, you know, Dre queen, of big brother. Love you. I think maybe even I on this podcast. Said, oh, people you know, still I, love Dre. Oh, I love Dre. Well, I love her because she's a big dog hunter. Like I love the fact that she's willing to go in the diary room and say something, but she doesn't know what the clue she's doing. Yeah. yeah, and so so Dre, she's the Jackie of this season. She's the one who's just like, I'm going to take out big targets. <laughs> hear about it, and it never comes to fruition. So, so Ika storms out, mad, mad about this conversation uh, that Dre had with Bruno, and then Dre goes to Bruno again to be like, "All right, I'm going to confirm that this was a good conversation," oh, and just immediately like. All the work Bruno is doing in the prior conversation, he, it seems like he's just over it now, and he's just like, just like, I, whatever. Let's just make a deal between us, and right. we'll we'll keep yeah. each other safe. Let's and Dre, yeah. yeah, and Dre was like, okay, and and uh, and William too, and Ike and Dimitri's, <laughs> and she just like the look on her face was just like, damn it, oh man, Ike was right, I screwed up. <laughs> yep, yep. Yep, and they showed it again. The, the camera, the great part was the camera showed her realizing that she she screwed up. Like <laughs> yeah. you saw her like sulking, being like, "Oh my god, I'm a terrible player. Oh my god." <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into some questions. Uh, just a few of them. We've uh, we can we can wrap it up a little bit a little bit soon. Um, from Edmo, is the season three alliance the tightest slash strongest alliance in the house? Alex, what do you think? Um, I would say the French connection is the tightest slash strongest in that, like, I don't think Dre and William would ever turn on each other, but I think they're the season three alliance is the most powerful alliance in that the scenario that would have to bring about them turning on each other is unlikely and would probably involve two of them on the block. And they really are in a position to dominate and kind of control the game with the way they have positioned themselves. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think that the French connection is obviously tighter, um, but at the same time, they're they're kind of a pair. And pairs, can you really consider a pair to be like an alliance? Right. Yeah. Um, like Ike and Dimitri's are technically the closest because they're like physically touching on the face all the time, like you know, face to face. So <laughs> that's pretty close. Yeah, um, but I do think I think that the season three alliance they probably are in the best position collectively in the entire house, especially with Netta becoming the bigger target now. Um, and they have this, they have this tight bond. It hasn't really been broken yet. Um, a lot of people suspect it. A lot of people talk about like, oh, season three people, but nobody's talking about it as a big threat. And it really is a big threat because of how well connected they are. I feel like that they are also well protected within the house. Like they, they would have to be really unlucky. I feel like for them to lose control of the game here and for all three of them to go out. Yeah. Oh, by um, the way, um, I'm sort of talking about that. I wanted to ask this question because somebody, somebody really wanted me to ask this question to you guys, and he they DM'd it to me on your next pod. This is from Vanessa's only. Um, on your next podcast, and I actually hadn't considered this. Um, you should bring up the question if you think that Kevin will pull a Cody from Big Brother 16 and take Bruno to the end and lose because I think Kevin would do that, 
And I don't see Kevin winning this game unless he cuts Bruno at some point. I don't think he has it in him, to be honest. So, Taryn, I'm curious. Let's assume for the sake you can get to this point and they're able to, you know, rattle off a few HOHs and Kevin... You know, because he's famously said in talking to the life eaters that he would use the veto on Bruno at any time. He would save him. He's his ride or die. Will he go to the end with him and likely lose or is he willing to cut him? That is an interesting question. Um, I, I don't think it's a, a matter of does he have it in him? I do think that if Kevin thought if, if the option was presented to Kevin, you can take Bruno and maybe lose or probably lose or you can take you know, Dylan or something right. and win. I think he will take Dylan um, because I think that the strength that Kevin does have is that he, um, he has a very good strategic mind for the game. He just can't see what's happening in the game. He's well a poker player. Decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think there's definitely a, a scenario where he doesn't see that Bruno is going to beat him and he takes Bruno because he can't see it. But I do think that if he if it if it's he's able to recognize it, he will cut Bruno. Uh, so I think it, it a, a lot of it depends on who is he there with, um, and you know may, maybe it's maybe it's the three of them. Maybe it's Bruno and Cindy, and he decides. Um, honestly, I don't. Does he even win in that scenario? Like, does Kevin have a good shot at winning this game with the way that a lot of people view him right now? Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> probably not right now you know what i mean like yeah. things would have to change like he would have to you know obviously there's a lot of games still left to be played but no i mean you look at the people who'd be on the jury and the people he would potentially be up there against and it doesn't look appealing i mean dylan's mad at him right now karen doesn't respect them i mean like there's plenty of people who are closer to people he's aligned with than they are to him so no right. it's not it's not an ideal situation but it's so early in the game it's it's very hard to you know also um, wanted, if he gets there if he gets to the end with jackie we're not even having this conversation <laughs> i wanted to ask really quickly too um netta said earlier on the feeds today that she learned from last time that she shouldn't take a goat to the end and i i guess my question is two-pronged a do you think that was her problem last time and b do you think that she should not take a go to the end this time? Like, should she go to the end with two heroes and just fight it out from there? Taryn? I think her problem was she didn't take two goats last time. She should have gone <laughs> final three with Sabrina and Heather. Well, right? she, I think she tried to, but that would have been perfect. Like cut John. Like that's that was her mistake. It wasn't she taking never a cut goat. John. It was getting rid of the big fish that lay of your meat shield. She kept right. her meat shield too long. She, okay. you know, she used him and then she needed to get rid of him at six or five. She couldn't do it. And I think that's her problem more than anything. Cause yeah, Heather would have taken her and Sabrina would have taken her. So I think goats are good. Yeah. I mean, I, I think ultimately with Netta in that season was um, that she never really had a great opportunity to cut John because he was winning so many competitions down the line. Um, and I, there is, there is legitimacy to what she's saying where it's it's yeah. very risky to take a goat to the final three because especially one as obvious as somebody like Sabrina or or maybe in this season, it's it's somebody like Dylan, uh, who it's, it's very obvious that anybody will win sitting next to them. Uh, it's it's going to be very difficult to like convince somebody that you should that they should take you like it's, yeah. it's going to be very difficult. And that final competition is such a crapshoot that you you can't you can't just leave that up to chance you need to be able to be certain that you have the person on lock like Derek had with Cody um and it doesn't happen that often that you can that you can have those people unlocked so i do think i would prefer if i was if i was in that situation i would prefer to have two people who were threatening and trust that i you know hopefully made maintained my relationship enough in the house but 
Netta's relationships in the house are very poor at this point. I was going to say, I think Netta could be the goat. Yeah. I said earlier, like three weeks ago, that Netta didn't need to worry. As long as she gets to the end, like, who cares about the stupid twist? Who cares about the immunity? You know, people respect her so much from Big Brother Canada, too, that if she gets to the end, just write her the check. But I don't really think that anymore. I feel like the house doesn't really like her very much. And I don't think that they would be willing to give her the money. There's, no, there's nobody in that house that really just likes. I mean, like maybe Kevin, maybe Bruno. Right. The that, there's like nobody that just like really just genuinely likes Netta a lot. Like there are people like Jackie, hmm. and Cindy, I think, who are like still working with her, but they're not like in love with Netta. They're not like, right. I really like Netta. They're just like, yeah, she's on my side. Kevin and Bruno appreciate her rationality. And I think they enjoy spending time with her, but they're not like emotionally bonded by any means and basically the rest of the house doesn't like her they they see her as negative as bossy <laughs> as having an ego um i'm sorry i'm laughing because i feel like the, the, i feel like the house catching up with where i'm at like i was over <laughs> netta like two weeks ago and i feel like the house is like the, the house is finally with me now <laughs> i so i mean i do think i think that netta needs to be recognizing that and looking at the fact that she does need probably two goats at the end she needs okay. to be able to drag like Karen and Dylan or Jackie and Dylan. Um, I think Jackie and Dylan would be great for her because I think they would probably both take her and she would probably beat both of them just on respect alone rather than because neither of them are particularly liked either. So um, that's, I mean, it's going to be a tough road for her, I think. Well, it's a good question. I mean, it's a good discussion to have, I think, because, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, you really need two goats or none because one is the problem. And we one see it in yeah. multiple seasons where it's like, you know, Vanessa's a great player, but you'd have to be really good to convince Steve not to take Liz over you. <laughs> and, you know, uh, yeah, Spencer's, uh, you know, or Andy's a really good player. But if it's like Spencer manages to win that last HOH, you know, he's taking Gina Marie and saying, screw you, buddy. You know what I mean? So. It is uh, it's very, very much true. I think that going to the end with one person who, you know, can't win is an appealing thing. But if you can't find two of them, I think, yeah, you're right. You're better off just going with people who you can kind of like predict where they're going to go, at least or maybe read, even if they're not necessarily like, you know, have like someone with very small percentage chance to win. Yes. All right. So one more question uh, from Mr. Robot, Taryn. Um, who do you think came out on top during the conversations or arguments between Aika and Netta? And I, I really want, Brent, I want you to weigh in on this. I want you to be like the shade judge where like who, who came out on top in terms of like uh, they really got their punches in and they sort of like won the argument in your, in your mind. Gosh, that's really hard to say um, because there's so much after stuff that happened. Um, I'm going to go with Aika because I feel like she's the queen of shade at this point, And she's just and she she's giving me everything that I need on the feeds right now. Um, Netta can be a little bit inward with her shade where Aika is very outward with her shade. Like, you know, Netta's sort of like inwardly like bitching about stuff and is quiet about it and eye rolling. And that's not very interesting from a feeds point of view whereas i could go around to different rooms you know complaining about everything to everybody practicing crying in the mirror you know like i mean that's that that was everything that i needed so <laughs> there was one point where netto went to bruno and bitched about it and and i love the fact that she was just like that was the biggest waste of time ever like I mean, she, she didn't even try to hide the fact that 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 it was totally worthless for her so uh i i, I give her i give netta b and i give uh Ike an a plus there you go <laughs> any thoughts alex um 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, from an entertainment perspective, I think that's fair. But, you know, from a strategic perspective, I do expect Netta to probably get the last laugh. But it would probably very interesting to see. Tomorrow night is huge. Yeah, Ika's going to need a little bit of luck to have things go her way here. And by the way, Ika has been currently saying that she really wants to throw up uh, Netta and basically anybody. It's Netta and Jackie, (laughs) Netta and Bruno, Netta and anybody. Um, So is Netta's immunity up tomorrow? That's and that's the other thing I wanted yeah. because Evil Dick tweeted, you know, when the hell is Netta's immunity up? And uh, Arissa said, "Patience, patience." Yeah. So um, tell us when they want to. That yeah, is exactly. that is an interesting question, actually, though, because they didn't mention it at all. They haven't mentioned jury starting. They haven't mentioned Netta's immunity running up. So, like, are they really going to have time in a double eviction episode to be like, oh, and by the way, jury started in Netta, Net, you're now you're now vulnerable. Like. It, is that what's going to happen? Because it seems like they'd want to spend more time on it than just kind of like, okay, here we go. Right. Yeah. I still think it's going to be eight person jury with Canada's vote because it just doesn't make sense that they would want to, I mean, really lose Netta in the, in the double after she's been immune this whole time. It would just go by so fast, but big brother Canada has not been predictable this year. I really thought that they were going to do something to save cast. They didn't. I thought they were going to do something to save Gary and change the rules. They didn't. So I'm going to give them their props and they've been straight up. So we'll see what happens. If I had to guess, my guess is that it's not up tomorrow and that it's either an eight, it's in, and maybe it's an eight person. I guess like basically the way the house is talking right now, Ned is already vulnerable. Like they, they've all been talking about the fact that, you know, know, people, the people that don't like her, I'm going to throw Ned up there. I'm going to nominate her. Well, I'm like, she ain't available to you yet. Unless you've heard something that I don't. (laughs) Yeah, yes. no, in which case I do think, you know, Ike or Dre would probably at this point at least go for like Bruno and Jackie. I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh great episode, guys. Uh great, great podcast. Um, I had a lot of fun. Um I we we had a hashtag uh strategically veal, I think. Yeah. I think that was a pretty good By one. The way, Strategic looked, veal, either way. I just want to tell you, Alex, that I looked up the word chasmine and I found the word chasmed like past tense as having as having chasms. So I'm thinking that chasmine has to be a word, but maybe we could get like Rob's fact checker to tell us. That really sounds dirty. <laughs> I, I, I chasmed. Um, <laughs> I chasmed all over this podcast. Um, oh my God. I'm sorry, Robin Jordan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, speaking of Jordan, uh, he'll be back tomorrow night, right? Double yes. fiction show yes. with, uh, Jordan's Angels, as I tell them. <laughs> yes, it'll be uh, uh, Peely and Ashley. Peely yes, and Ashley Pe- and yes. Melissa. Yeah, yeah. Peely, Peely, Ashley Wood, and Melissa. So three beautiful women with JP. It's a, it's a tough life. I gotta yeah, say. and I, I, I referenced that, that podcast that, that Kevin was on where he talked about Mike Bell. Uh, Peely shows up in that podcast, and she was hilarious. So I expect this to be, I expect this to be awesome. <laughs> um, so... Uh, yes, uh, that is that is our episode uh, hash, uh, for um, I am at Armstrong Taren uh, on Twitter. Uh, Alex is at Alex Kidwell. Brent is at one lucky gay um, and hashtag strategically veal. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>